Five, four, three, two, oh, one. All right, Jordan, thank you. First of all, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing well. This is a juicy inaugural pod. Let's get it. Let's get it cracking. And here we are, the inaugural podcast. Name is 100% TBD, and we're going to flow with it. Politics. I- Politics. Yeah, politics, politics was our original idea. And I think what always the funny thing is we're going to look back on this in X amount of years and just think it's hilarious. But let's get right into it. Where do you want to start? I think we should throw out some half-baked like po- like idea of podcast names. Okay, cool. I think – but politics is so strong. What else would we even – what else are we even thinking? We – yeah, that is the main – joining of the idea really yeah i think we lock yeah. it in right now it's a solid name i think it's one of a kind like i don't think we go into spotify lobby and we see politics or do you think it's there i don't think so what was the last one we had was a blabber basketball blabber b-ball blabber yeah that, nba blabber nba blabber i think That's we lock it in right now it. and we build we build a brand behind politics okay done Okay, so cool. welcome to the Politics Podcast, first episode. Politics inaugural podcast. We're going to get right into it. Let's get started. I think let's start with the, basically what we're going to be doing is bench cut or wait, what's the last one? Bench cut start. Okay, bench cut start. So you cut one player. The basketball version of Kill Fuck Mary. Exactly. And I think you started me off. We had We have a pre-set list. I'm going to be deep diving into the analytics. Jordan is going to give us our eye test, our feel test, our how are people remember test, and we'll kind of combine the two and see what we come up with. But I think the first one we have to start with is Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And who's going to be starting this, me or you? I just want to say, well, first of all, I just want to say that my version of the of the feel and how like they visually look in your eyes is completely irrelevant and means absolutely nothing to me you're saying false no it's correct i think it's just inherently like a jaded understanding of any given player like me watching the games is really only harming my perception that's been my take for years that anyone who's just doing that is inherently like coming up with a conclusion that is that is truly irrelevant. Almost, I mean, like, I shouldn't say truly irrelevant because there is something to watching a player and seeing his greatness. But comparing great players, I would say you don't have the tools to make that kind of call. If there's a discrepancy between my opinion and, um, and what the analytics say. Okay, cool. Give me your first one for so bench. So what's the first one? Yeah, bench cut start, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, or and get Giannis Antetokounmpo. What are you going with from the eye test? I mean, there's also a level of like, am I trying to win a playoff game where you get the game plan differently, or am I trying to roll out a team to win 70 65 games in a regular season. I think the way we should view it is like, let's say we're going to get that play. Because that changed. Yeah, 100%. I think we're going to view it as if like we're getting the prime player, like whatever their prime is for the next six years. 
and you're like, I need a, I need a fight with this guy for six years. I'm going to win three titles. Let that be the benchmark of like the height of it. And we'll, and we'll work our way down. All right. I guess this is really tricky to say, but six years of in their prime. Exactly. I do not love Kevin Durant's emotional elements to his game, but I will have to say he's the best of the bunch. So I'm going to go start Kevin Durant. Okay, cool. We're starting Kevin Durant. Who are we and benching? And I'm going to have to say bench Kawhi Leonard. He is more complete than Giannis. He can shoot. He can play defense. He could draw up the defense to the perimeter. Um, and we've seen him just go on this, you know, individual run and not been able to be game planned against. So that leaves me to cutting the basically two-time MVP in Giannis. And that's just because there seems to be a level of, of being able to be game planned against. Um, it's an offensive league. He's probably the worst offensively of the group from the eye test. So that will be my list. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Let me hit you with my response. So before I give any opinion on it, I just want to say these three players are all very close relatively and they're all truly superstars. Like there is no other thought in my mind. There's no, this is a great player. These are all one a type players. So for me, I'm going to, it's so tough, man. Cause it's so razor close, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut Kevin Durant, honestly, and I'm going to work my way up. He was a 117-103, which is just off the charts. He was a career 6.0, 0.7, and 6.7, basically meaning that he's like such an elite offensive player. And he was like, he's a good enough defender. Like he's a passing defender. Um, in his peak years, he was an 8.8, 1.4, which again is just like so off the charts offensively that it's truly And these are his net these are his defensive and offensive rating. Exactly. Um, and then, so so I am going to cut him, but again, it's razor, razor close. I'm going to bench Kawhi. So we have almost an inverse type of thing. He's a 118, 100. And when we're talking about a 100 defensive rating, we're talking about a true game changer on defense. This is someone who is an anchor of a great team, a defensive player of the year. He's putting up a 118 on offense. So slightly better than just slightly better than Kevin Durant. So that's remarkable. He's a 4.4, 2.4 for his career. So 4.4 offensively, a little worse than Durant, but he's such a strong defensive player that that's why I ended up deciding to bench him. And crazy that we have the thing turned on our head. I have Giannis as my start because 114, 103 is the worst, but in his career, I think he's just getting started. This year, he was a 7.4, 4.1. I think the next 10 years of Giannis are just truly like off the chart defensively, like best defensive player ever, and just like an ascending, an ascending offensive player. I guess this is where the question really boils down to here is like, as great as these ratings may be, does it matter if someone in this modern day and age is... I don't, I mean, whether he's a big or whatever it like it is, he actually just can't score everywhere on the court where the other guys can. Yeah. So Does that mean nothing. No, Do you so, not care that he cannot score everywhere on the court where the other guys can literally score wherever. No, I'm happy you brought that up. And the last stat that I really want to consider in making these decisions is usage rate. Uh, so to your question, do I care if they can score from everywhere on the court? It's not so much that I care if they can score everywhere on the court as much as like, are they, putting themselves in their type of scoring position. So 
Although Giannis can't really shoot threes at a high clip, I think because of his age, he'll still be getting better. And uh, Kevin Durant's usage rate was 30.1. Kawhi's was 24.6. Giannis was 26.5. So I just think peak Giannis over the next six years, we see an, a truly unstoppable player offensively and one of the best players of all time defensively. There is an element that, th- that he really does need to be looked at way more like Shaq and how Shaq was flawed from a free throw perspective and whatever, but we all ignored that and we didn't ignore it until he won a championship similar to Giannis. So I think in that regard, yes, once he wins a championship, you're going to be like, Oh my God, he is just Shaq. He's so dominant down low. He's bullying everyone. And that's what modern day Shaq would do. So I understand that. Um, I guess I just break it down from a standpoint of like who can do the most on the court and has zero flaws to their games. I would say the other two are, to me, seem more impressive just because we saw Durant's rim protection for Golden State and his just ability to make extremely tough shots when need to be an ex- ability to be extremely efficient from everywhere. Um, and similar for what we saw from Kawhi. So I guess it's like once he does do it, I need to see it to believe it. And and like I said when I started, dude, I think any three combination with this one is like so 100% fine. It was literally so razor close. Like you said, I'm more making uh, speculation on his projection. All right, pick two more. Let's see. Let's go through two more. Okay, cool. Let's do Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons. Same draft class. That's crazy. Uh, the order went went Simmons, Tatum, Mitchell. Interesting. Um, and I. Think my that well. That's the order of them being drafted, right? No, no, I understand. And my order of them, and my order of them, just seeing how it played out. I think is, I would say this one's not nearly as close as the last one. And just how I've seen Tatum this year, he seems the most superstar, flawless, versatile modern NBA player. So I'm going to go Tatum one for sure, Mitchell two, Simmons three. Bottom line, I know Simmons is a great defender. Just too flawed, has to score in two like niche of places. Um, and then he be- kind of becomes just this this um, Rondo, like this big Rondo almost, where like Rondo in his prime. I don't know, it's kind of concerning. And then Mitchell, I think, has has maybe some inefficiencies or he did in other years of his career, maybe getting more efficient of late. Um, Tatum just, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but really seems to have a complete game with amazing footwork, really good fundamentals. So I would go in that order. Okay, cool. And I think that's super good analysis from the eye test. And I think my numbers are going to be much closer on this one to what you said to then our, our prior run. So let me get into it. For me, the cut is the cut is fairly easy. Um, I'm going to cut Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a great offensive player. He's someone who's posting – He's a, I don't want to be misleading. He's a 105, 108. So 105 is a little low for the guys we're going to get into, but he was a, on the other stat of it. He's a 1.5 and a zero. As we know, a zero is a, is a nice defender for an aggressive guard. So no detriment there. He's not, he's not jumping off the page defensively. Um, he's putting up a 30.6 usage rate. So he is pushing the pace young in his career. But I think once I see that 105, 108, I'm like, is this a positive player? The answer is probably in the next couple of years, but right now I'm not sold on him. Ben Simmons was my two guy. Um, he's posting a 113, 105, just like you brought up, dude. 
He's an elite defensive player. He's a 2.1 on defense. This is someone who, again, you build your defense around. So I agree with you that he is kind of a big rondo. He's a 1.9 on offense, but a much lower usage rate, a 20.9 usage rate. So he's getting away with it. You know what I mean? Exactly on your point. And I think Tatum is just in a different class than these players. Um, He's a 109-105, but the thing to really think about is that this year – he was a 3.3 on offense and a 0.6 on defense. So this is the kind of guy I think we'll look at next year and see like a 6.0, a 6.5. Uh, he's doing a 23% usage rate for his career, but 28.6 this year. All signs point to this being a true superstar, uh, a true offensive superstar. Makes sense. The one thing I want to ask you just about the analytics are, are we – misguide like how are, are we not putting emphasis on the fact that ben simmons giannis yes they're great but like two things come to mind yes ben simmons is a great defender he is not a rim protector which is obviously important like Giannis is a rim protector he's actually an everything defender so are we capturing any of that element of the game in the analytics and then two are we putting are we not like again kind of honing in on the fact that these guys are so flawed there's such an when someone has a flaw inherent flaw to their game there's a there's a game plan that could be made against them and i think in any given situation that's super valid and i think that's why the the combination of your eye test and these stats then you come to a conclusion you know so I don't know that it's missing anything as much as we shouldn't look at my stats in a vacuum and we definitely shouldn't look at the eye test in a vacuum. We should merge them together to come up with the best conclusions. This is also a true average, you know, so it's really, whether it's indicative of any given situation, it's more giving us the totality of the situation, if if that makes sense. But again, I, I wouldn't look at either in a vacuum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, that's interesting. I think we're 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 for sure more in line there. Um, What's the next one we should get into? And these, your cutting of Mitchell, I'll just say maybe doesn't favor someone who has for a majority of his career been placed in a super ball dominant. They brought Conley in in the hopes that maybe he can pick his spots a little bit better, and even that has not been good because Conley's been so bad. So. You know, someone like that, you put in maybe a better situation, you have a totally different analytical story. And I 100% agree. And I, and for the record, I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a, a, a five-time all-star. It's just that I think, uh, I think when push came to shove, he was just slightly worse than Simmons overall. Let's get into the next one, bro. I got a good one for you. Let's do role players. I want to spice it up a little bit. Let me hit you with Trevor Ariza. Okay. Trevor Ariza. Danny Green and Bruce Bowen. So we're merging ages, which is something you should consider, but give me that one. Trevor Ariza, Danny Green, Bruce Bowen. It obviously gets interesting when you do role players, eye test-wise. I mean, the most talented of the group, the most talented of the group was Trevor Ariza. He could do the most on the court. There were times like in New Orleans and Washington where he was kind of more like semi on ball. I don't know if he ever averaged more than like 14 points a game, 15 points a game, but still. Um, Where Danny Green really relies on a system approach. 
and I would assume has the best efficiency of the bunch. Um, the last uh, Bruce Bowen two had a, had more efficiency. I think he was just maybe a little more heavily involved in the offense um, for San Antonio, and those teams were more defensive teams and the error was more defense. So his shooting percentages was probably worse. So I will say my rankings just of I test the most talented of the group is probably, probably Ariza, then Danny Green, then Bowen, even though Bowen's an all NBA player. Okay. Or all NBA defensive player multiple times. None of those guys ever made it to all NBA defensive team. Okay, cool. And, and I think, like like the situation you also presented, we'll be the judges after a few podcasts of if these stats are really not good and if they're misguided or if they're a really good tool. So let me get into it on my end. I, for, By and large, I agree with almost everything you said. And we shouldn't let the stats deceive us. You should just kind of use them as a guideline. So I'm going to go with my the player I'm cutting is Bruce Bowen. He posted a 102-102 for his career, uh, which is, again, we talk about an 100 defensive rating player. It's an anchor of your defense. So no disrespect here to Bruce Bowen. He just was horrendous offensively. Like, I don't know how else to put it. He was He's bad. He's a 102 on offense, and he's a minus 2.3 for his career on offense. Like, sorry. I, it, big, big, agreement, big agreement with my eye test, but he was money from the corner. Yeah, and I'm sure he was money from the corner, but with an 11.4 usage rate, you should be, you have to do better than minus 2.3 or you're going to hurt your team. Like, he was a 1.5 for his career on defense, which is super, super good. And I think we're cutting him, but, but again, we're not, we're not saying he's a bad player. We're saying he's a really good player and a really great seventh player, but he is getting the cut. I'm going to bench Trevor Ariza. I agree. This was so close because Ariza is a little bit more of an active player, you could say. He was a 107-106 for his career, and that should be taken into account that he's been bad lately. He's really washed up right now. It's he, His numbers are getting brought – his career numbers are getting brought down by the moment. So peak Trevor Ariza, he's a really – I was just going to say, I'm assuming peak year, probably the Lakers. Um, and then he kind of had a resurgence on – Washington when they were decent, right? He yeah, had some for decent sure. Years there, especially defensive. New Orleans was bad. Was New Orleans good? New Orleans was bad. I don't have it off the top of my head, but but when you when you conclude stats like this, it's like ebbs and flows of your career that that come to these conclusions. When you're a 1.0 defensively for your career, you've had 2.0 seasons and you've had like 0.7 seasons, and it averages out. So a great defender who was pretty good offensively. When you're a 107 and a minus 0.3, um, you're definitely serviceable. You're you're adding a plus to the team. So I like Trevor Ariza. I think he's a great player. And again, like like you introduced the category, they're all role players. And by a razor thin first, I'm going with Danny Green. He was He's just so efficient, man. 109, 103, a .5, 1.6. They're all about the same usage percentage. 16.7 for Ariza, 15.7 for Danny Green, and 11.4 for Bruce Bowen. So as active as we think Trevor Ariza is, he isn't getting used that much more than Danny Green, even if he is a little more ball dominant, which he definitely was in the prime of his career. I'm sure you'd say that too. I'm going with Danny Green as my one, but all really close. Interesting. I like that list. Should we get into a couple more? Should we Should we head to the next segment of our podcast? What are you feeling? We can dabble with one more. Okay, cool. Let me hit you with Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green, and Dwight Howard. Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green, 
Dwight Howard. Dennis Rodman, obviously a little bit before my time. And he kind of ha- was, although like this two different careers kind of guy. Mm. The Pistons Rodman was actually a wing player. Mm. And then the the Bulls Rodman became their basically their center. That's like ahead of its time. And so, though. yeah, essentially. And he was elite, elite defensively from by all means, and was the worst offensive player ever. Similarly, Draymond Green has never been a good offensive player, and I think he would not be nearly as good as 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 um, Dennis Rodman defensively. So I, I just don't think even that's probably comparable just because Rodman's defensive impact was more pronounced. And then the last one is Dwight. I think Dwight is by far the best player on on this team. He was uh, on this list. He was like really good, really responsible for uh, uh, like 50 plus win teams multiple years. So I don't think that will be close. It will be light years ahead that he was the best. Um, He was really good defensively. He was really good offensively for some time. Um, And then I would say two Rodman and definitely cut Draymond. Okay, cool. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one, so let me get into it. I think they're all great players. I I didn't know that tidbit about Dennis Rodman being a wing and kind of being ahead of his time, kind of Houston 2020 and evolving into a big man of sorts. Um, I'm going to cut Draymond, too. I think he's a great player. I think this is someone you really want on your team. He's a 108-102. A 102 is a defensive anchor. He's really helped out Steph Curry a lot, um, you know, making up for some of Steph's shortcomings on D. He's a 0.0 on offense and a 2.8 career on defense. 2.8 is fucking incredible. We were talking about Giannis being like a 4.1. 2.8 is so strong. So although we're cutting him, we do really like him. Uh, second player for me is going to be Dennis Rodman. Uh, a 114-100. So just like a really good, really good breakdown there. Really healthy, really positive player. A 0.3 and a 0.5 for his career. So like you were kind of saying, little offensive impact but a really good defensive player. He had an 18% usage rating in his best year. Um, he's just a great player. He's a, a defensive I mean, him and Draymond are absolute trash on offense, right? That's that's what it looks like, a, a zero and a point three. So they're not hurting you, but they're not helping you. <laughs> and then Dwight is, right. fir- Dwight is first, a 111-100. And when you have a usage rate for your career as a big man is tw- at 22.6, you're getting the ball a lot, and to post a 111-100 is incredible. He was a 1.0, 1.1 for his career, so just like a defensive anchor. I think the last years of his career have hurt him. He was probably a core 2.0 guy, 3.0 in his peak, and just like a really good offensive option. It's crazy that they went to him, knowing what the NBA is now as like a first option, but what a talented player and definitely the one we're going to put one. I think, you know what, we need to redo that, and it- for next time, completely sub him out for Ben Wallace. I would be really curious to set, see how that shakes out. Okay, cool. Because those three teams actually were really good, like defensively. Like both Draymond, Dennis, and Ben Wallace were all horrifying offense players, but these guys were multiple time defensive players in the years and were the anchors on championship run teams. I'd be curious to know who the best was, especially between Draymond and Ben Wallace. To me, it does seem. I test wise, I, I honestly wouldn't even know. Like I would say, both extremely 
Draymond is was more of a bully, so probably Draymond is better than Ben Wallace. And I guess it would be for me, it would be would be Rodman, then Draymond, then Ben Wallace. And interesting but enough, curious to see. let me hit you up because I just pulled up Ben Wallace, and it's a great substitution to make. His numbers are almost identical to Draymond Green. Draymond was a 0.0 and a 2.8. Ben Wallace is a minus 0.1 and a 2.6. They're almost exactly the same. The thing, the thing that's crazy about Ben Wallace that should be noted is that you know how we've been talking about a hundreds. If you're in a hundred on defense, you're just like a fucking tank anchor. Yep. So Ben Wallace for his career on defense over a 15-year career was a 96. Like, this is the kind of... So he was a beast. This is the kind of defensive player who is, like, winning you men... Like, his value on... He was a he was an 87 in his best year. That's, like, unheard of. That's so good defensively that you can make up for so many other things. By the way, so how did... Because, like, the years they won, 04 and 05, like, not won. They won in... They went to the championship in 05 and they won in 04. So they're the years of their real like core run. Oh, this team was scoring like they this team was scoring like 86 points a game. So I don't know how that plays into the fact here, but it's so like they were just defensively and they were not great offensively. I'm happy you brought up that time they were period. Just so good defensively. Let me expound upon that time period for a second. 0102, he's a 93, he's a 117 93. So that, what I'm trying to say is that you you can put up 90 points a game if you have a, a an anchor defender who's a 93. The next year he was a 108-90, and the championship year he was a 98-87. So his that best defensive year that I was telling you about is his championship year. But are these stats accounting for the fact that these games were so ugly? Like they were just ugly defensive games? I think because it's a hundred possession average, it does it just averages out everything, but it doesn't take into account something in an isolated incident like that. Right. I mean, the games are just ugly. Like I watched the the two thousand and five Spurs game seven, Pistons game seven, and it was near complete unbearable to watch. Like it's not. You look at modern NBA now, and it's just like, oh my god, they have flow, they have pace, they have space. And this is just like disgustingly horrifying. And now I know why people said Spurs were so boring. So I, I don't know. Like, obviously, looking across eras, for Draymond to guard multiple positions across, like how he does, it's it's probably more impressive that he has to keep up with these high flying people. I agree with you, and that and that's why the merging of these two is so beautiful. Let's get into politics. I think this is a great segment. We'll build upon this. Hit me with your – can you just hit me with your – I'll come to you for a few of your hottest takes. 2020 April, we're in the midst of coronavirus. Hit me with some left-wing takes, some right-wing takes, and I'll kind of balance it out for you. One that we were talking about the other day, which I think is a lock, is who Biden is going to pick for his vice presidential candidate. For sure. And it's just a very simple formula here. Essentially. Biden has extreme success with the black community, and that's because he's Obama's former VP. So he's very well known um, in that light. For sure. So I think when I see these odds like Kamala at two to one or like Stacey Abrams at like five to one, I think it's totally misguided. For me, he's going to have to run with the 
different form of pandering to the Democratic base. And so because of that, I'm going to eliminate those candidates. Perfect. Other people that are in the lead, like Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren, stand no chance. Klobuchar is as dull as it could possibly get. (laughs) Warren is way too old. So I think that brings us down to Gretchen Whitmer and uh, um, Gretchen Whitmer, Mastro Cortez. So when we look at when we look at those two, I mean, there's just extreme value on those odds. Can you give me both odds? Of, I think I saw like Cortez at ten to one and Whitmer at four to one. Okay. Prop. In Cortez, just from the fact that she can appeal to potentially the Hispanic community. So I think this is a once in a generation. This is this is an opportunity we have to take, huh? opportunity. What are your thoughts on we let the Trump by Biden line today and it was like minus 120 Trump plus 120 like is this a complete trap? What are you seeing in this line? I'm so when you texted it to me this morning, the first thing that went through my head was a series of ha ha's because I thought you were kidding. I think this line is horrendous. I think Donald Trump, first of all, in, what we know about incumbent presidents, or I, I hope that's the right term, but presidents that are going to be going into an election that's in their second term, they almost always win. Mm-hmm. I can I can only think of, and I'm not a, I don't claim to be a scholar in this in this department, but I know the the George Bush, not the 